It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, January 22nd. LA Galaxy still in preseason mode. There's going to be some bigger arrivals tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. Uh, rumors, 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 and one is possibly dead. One is maybe just started. We're going to try to add some clarity to that as much as we can. Uh, and then a little surprise for FIFA today as well. Uh, we're going to explain the details on that and tell you why you probably don't need to panic about anything. Plus an MLS referee strike basically on the cards here for the start of the season. So we're going to cover that as well. All right. Lots and lots and lots of stuff to talk about. We're glad to have you with us. And joining us once again is Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, buddy? It's the sky is raining over here. Yeah. It's crying. It's crying. It's it's, it's yeah. it, miss, it misses soccer, right? It misses Major League Soccer. It wants Major That's League it. Soccer. We need Major League Soccer, right? That must be it. But I was talking to our UPS delivery guy and he said people are driving crazy. He said he doesn't understand why people drive faster when it's raining maybe they're trying to avoid the raindrops they, their, br- their brakes don't work so they just slide it's less friction i think that's what it is i don't know I, it was cold we both commented it was cold today especially now that uh, yeah. the front is passing right so uh, the back end is usually a little bit chillier and so you're gonna get like clear skies tonight which means the temperature will drop and all the radiation will be able to although we haven't had a lot of radiation uh heating from uh from the clouds and the rain and all that fun stuff but yeah it was uh is it is this the same front that went through San Francisco that rained all over the playoff game? I, I, I don't think that's technically I think there were three storms back to back. And this is the third of three that came through here. I think that was one of the other um, like uh, little little things. They were sort of separated by a little lull, which is why uh, we were able to actually drive trains on Sunday. But we didn't drive any trains on Saturday. We tried uh, and got like two rides in before it started pouring on everybody. But it was. Yeah, it was I saw the video. Place. By the way, I saw a rainbow today. That was cool. That was nice. That's not too bad. Well, uh, I, I I would I would ask how everything's going at work, but I know that that's not the best the, the, the no, best thing no, to talk uh, about. Yeah, if I'm not on the show next week, folks, that's a bad sign. Um, yeah, we're gonna lay off twenty to twenty five percent of the staff at the LA Times. Yeah, and. There is no rhyme or reason, apparently, at this point, any, any way that's been shared with us, no rhyme or reason to who might might go. Is it going to be, is the sports department going to go in mass? Are they going to do the New York Times thing and lay off the entire sports department? Is it going to be the older people, the younger people? Um, we don't know. We did have a walkout on Monday, on Friday, rather, uh, over 300 uh, people on staff, 380, I think, uh, across the country walked out. It was the first 
labor uh, action at the LA Times in 142 years. So history, yeah, I was part of history. Yeah, you 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 were you were absolutely. I liked your picture where you had uh, what, how many how many how many world class journalists in you? Yeah, uh, all kinds of world class. Yeah, I said there was a picture of in this picture a lot of world class journalists and me. There you go. I, See? They let me they let me pose with them. Yeah, that's why. That nice. Logan pointed out I'm not drinking out of a Stanley. Uh, a Stanley Cup, and and I, you know, I'll, I'll make that joke that's been made many times. I don't know that much about hockey, so why would I have a Stanley Cup? Um, no, I'm, I guess I'm a Yeti, an old school Yeti person. I'm just, it's cold. I wanted tea. That's it. I, we've talked about my black tea and that I, that I enjoy it immensely. And so at this time of year is when I get to get to drink it. So I'm happy. Are uh, you a tea guy, not a coffee guy? Correct. Correct. Yep. Yeah, my wife and I have that fight. She is a tea person as well. I mean, I, I find a lot of tea people. It's all good. Uh, let's talk about the galaxy a little bit. Uh, you know, I said, oh, do we have to? yeah, I know. I said there's lots to talk about. There's lots of interesting little things going on. Um, and, and so hopefully we'll be able to shed some light on some of them. There is, um, I wouldn't say it's not a paranoia. It, it's an urgency, certainly, I think. And you, you heard uh, General Manager Will Koontz was sort of talking about it is there's this like time pressure, right? There's time pressure. People get people into camp get people showing up, get people doing the things that they're supposed to be doing, get them time to, accl- to, to acclimate because, you know, they were, they were very candid in, in, in their media availability, which was the games start and the games count right at the very beginning. Right, Kevin. And, and we've talked about this. This is, you know, Vanny was sort of, I know he gets hammered for this, but you know, he was sort of talking about how in years past, it, it, the way you start isn't as important. Um, the galaxy put out a video today that was sort of, you know, a little hype video, which I thought was very well done. I enjoyed it. I was, I enjoy, I always enjoy a good hype video, right? Give me some, some good, you know, cross quick cuts of guys training, have the coach talking in the background about what is different, how we're going to do it different this year. We have to be ready from the start of the first whistle. That's a lot harder to do now that there's 29 teams in a league and like all this stuff. And so it's about every little thing. I always, I love coach speak. Literally, if you show me behind the scenes of a coach, and I, I can, you know, sort of connect. Uh, I was watching, uh, who is it? Uh, Mike McDaniels from the, from Miami, right? The Dolphins. And they have, yeah. they have the behind the scenes. They have uh, the, uh, the HBO show. Um, why hard knocks, hard knocks, right? Well, it's hard knocks in season, right? Cause hard knocks is usually preseason and they do one that's in season. And so hard knocks in season was Miami. And man, I would listen to that guy talk and I'd be like, man, I'm ready to run through a wall for that guy. That they're, they're clearly winning the Super Bowl just because I was able to peer in and sort of see what was going on. You have Greg Vandy sort of doing the same thing with the sort of the talk and how he did it with his video. I'm like, oh man, I think the galaxy are winning MLS cup. I mean, it's very honest. You can hear the coach. He's saying every little thing counts. And it's like, yeah, I like that. That's those clearly, those are the, the attention to detail that wins you championships, right? All this stuff. But, um, it's just, just interesting to get a little behind the scenes or even if it's a hype video, even if it's put out for that reason. Um, it's still interesting to sort of listen to what, what you're talking about, I mean, this has been a slow, I think, a slow developing transfer window offseason in MLS. I looked today online. There have been a boatload of, of personnel moves, signings and transfers, and other things, hundreds of them. But it seemed to me that most of them were minor kind of signings, signing homegrown players. Uh, and we're talking about throughout the league, not just the Galaxy. But not a lot of big, you know, you had the Suarez thing that was early in the in the winter. Not a lot of uh, uh, clubs seem to be done with what they wanted to do. They had met all their objectives. There's still a lot of stuff right. going on. So you look at what the Galaxy have done. Gabriel Peck, we believe that one is still done. Still done, um, yes. And, and although we haven't had the official Correct. signed contract to look at. Uh, Paintsill, the, the, the winger from Ghana, we're told that uh, – 
things are still progressing on that, although there are media reports that that has hit a snag. Right. So we'll talk about that as well here in a little bit, too. So, yeah, it's snag. It's it's been a lot of Remember, There was Solari. There was Sosa. Right. Then you had paint sill and sort of. So there's been this rapid progression. And by the way, I've never seen a more effective front office from the Galaxy perspective, Kevin, throwing out and going after particular guys, particular skill sets or yeah, particular skill sets. Um, and in rapid succession being like, we can't get that guy. We want this guy. We can't get that guy. We want this guy. Oh, we want we, we, we all three of you. We want one of you. Which one of you wants to come like that type so, of thing? Well, I mean, this offseason. So they got John McCarthy. I think that was a really good upgrade. Right. A goalkeeper, a, a competition at goalkeeper. Let's say Yamani, I think, is perfect addition. They need somebody on the wing. Those two were great moves. Right. Then they got Peck. I, it. it I don't know what. What do you think? It feels to me like that we, you know, the Galaxy wanted two wingers. Paint so looked like he was in the bag. Now right. there may or may not be some snags. If they don't land the second guy, if, if they just they will stop with Peck. No, no, they're not. It's, is it a failure? No, because it's not going to happen. Okay. That's that's the whole thing. Is somebody's going to fill that spot? Will they fill it as quickly as they hoped? No. And I get the time pressure. I get the understanding of getting people in. Um, I also think that in this particular case, and this is maybe different than years past, they're not going to just panic buy somebody, right? They're going to go after somebody they want, somebody that they think they can get, and they go after them and they get them, right? I mean, I have no problem with them, you know, sort of, you know, lipping out on these uh, on these particular players, right? You go, you make the putt, it rolls around the edge, it doesn't quite fall, but you were close. It gives you a little confidence for the next one. But the bottom line is that I've never seen the Galaxy with sort of this much power within them to sort of be like, we have options. If you don't want to come, we'll find somebody else, and that's fine. Um, and that's sort of where I think the optimism comes for. I think Peck is going to be a really good signing. I think they're going to get that second DP. It's probably going to be another winger. Um, it's been all wingers on that so far. You can tell where they've been focused. And we've been telling you for a while that they were going to be focused on two wingers. And I don't think just because they can't get Paint Sill or can't get Sosa or they can't get Solari that that's going to change, right? Well, you talk about the time crunch, and I agree with you. And here's... My concern now, we're talking right here in January, when we get to May or June, everything we say here is going to be forgotten. It may be forgotten by tomorrow. But my point was going to be that, you know, you talked about a couple of players will be coming into camp. We know who they are. We've talked about that. Yamani and Puig, you're supposed to be in camp this oh, week. Oh, oh, are you breaking my news again? Is that what you're no, doing? No, but, but here I, I, have a, I have a point I'm going to on this. They're a week late into camp, uh, okay? Um, so guys have been training for a week. Uh, Peck is not here. We don't know about paint. So whether he'll be here, um, Jason, uh, Jalen Neal is, is having some problems. He says he'll be ready for the opener, but he's not ready right now. So mm -hmm. potentially five starters, not on the field for the first week of camp. Um, I know Greg Vanny always says, look, the season starts with 10, 10 games to go. That's when everyone looks for their playoff. He, he, yeah, but he's changed that. So don't repeat that anymore because he's even come out and said it starts from the very beginning this time. And they and, and it needs to start from the very beginning. Here's why. Because, you know, in, in, in last season, they lost, or excuse me, they won, I think it was two of their first 14 games and they missed the playoffs, mm -hmm. right? The games in February and March count just as much as the ones in September and October. I think the Galaxy need to have a better start. The, the year they did make the playoffs, the only year they made the playoffs under Vanny, 2021, they won eight of their first 14 games. Or excuse me, that was they missed out on a tiebreaker that year. It was 2022. They won seven of their 14 games. Won half of their first 14 games, made the playoffs. I, I think a quick start is really important to this team. To have a quick start, you need to have everybody on the same page. And if you're going to have a whole bunch of new starters, we're talking about Yamani being a new starter. We're talking about Paintsill, Peck. Um, maybe McCarthy. I think all these guys need to be on the field together. 
the Galaxy start of the season, forget Inter-Miami. That's going to be a tough first game. By the way, Inter-Miami's played twice already this this winter, and they haven't scored a goal. So that Suarez-Messi thing may not be gelling as they had hoped. They also but, they also, also lost a player for the entire year as well. So. They did. They did. But I think the Galaxy's uh, schedule at the very start, maybe their first six, seven games, are going to be really tough games. I think the Galaxy need to be ready out of the gate. And, and Greg Vanny has said since his first day here, that he wants everybody in camp at the start of camp. Everybody wasn't in camp at the start of camp. There may not pe- people may not be here until end of February. That's too late. Oh, is it? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know that it's mattered uh, here for a long time. So I get what you're saying. It's just there's still time to make these decisions. And and like the, the we we talk about the preseason like it's long, but the preseason's short. The off season is long. But you really can't move guys in until that transfer window opens in the wintertime anyway, right? Technically speaking, by the way, transfer window not even open yet in Major League Soccer, just in case you were wondering. Transfer window, primary transfer window, January 31st to Tuesday, April 23rd. Realistically, in the grand scheme of things, teams need to have all their transfers in by April 23rd. That's whenever it is. Now, that's a long way into the season, Kevin. We've always talked about that, how this primary transfer window really sort of carries well into the season. Um, and then it picks up again July 18th. So it's going to be July 18th to August 14th is that is that summer transfer window or the secondary transfer window. The big open window for as long as it is is technically the primary one. Um, now, you're able to sign anybody you want right now, and then you just register them whenever the 31st comes around. Uh, basically, they can't play in, I think, in any official sort of games until the 31st. That's how that works. Um, so it's not going to affect any signings, and it's why teams are able to announce signings and do all that fun stuff. And then roster compliance date for everybody but Miami and Real Salt Lake is February 23rd. Uh, roster compliance date for um, for yeah, Miami and Real Salt Lake is is three days sooner, 20 on the 20th explain why that is no because they play a game on the 21st and everybody else technically doesn't open the season till the 24th 25th for the galaxy because they'll be on the next one but roster compliance means that you have to have all of your spaces accounted for so you know if you have four dps you need to make it by three you need to make sure you have three dps if you have you know the the u22 players they need to be designated those are u20s you have to have a certain number of roster and certain number of slots you need to have you know all your international slots accounted for if you have 10 um then you need to make sure that you have 10 or fewer people, you know, sort of holding those spots. So the roster compliance date is, is a really big one. But as of right now, you know, the only thing I think that everybody's sort of watching is what the galaxy will do for international slots. I believe they have nine right now with 10 internationals. So they still have to pick one up. Plus there's a chance that you could loan somebody down that would actually like Gino VV, I believe is one of those that could, that could be loaned down in that international slot. And then the galaxy roster compliant, that's type of thing that we look for. So, um, you know, for me, I don't think there's panic. Uh, I will say that I do think that in the front office right now that while it was fun to sort of get things going and, you know, it was like probably energetic to get things going, Kevin, and find these guys and know that they had targets and go and actually get to make offers and start negotiating. When you talk about Solari and Sosa and now Paintsill and all this stuff, I think I think it's I think the the grind and the the difficulty it takes to get these deals across the line. And I've had some conversations with some people who do this, right? Is it's just a grind and it's, it's not a low pressure grind. This is, this is guys making decisions about whether or not they're coming to clubs. You have to make presentations. You have to go see people. You have to talk to people. You have to hold hands. And then 
Kevin, you and I can sit there and go, okay, Kevin, I'm glad you're coming to the LA Galaxy. You know, we really have a spot for you. And you're like, yep, yep, I'm in, coach, I'm in. Well, you're not actually in until that document is signed. And certainly there is a, if it could go wrong or if it can go wrong, it will go wrong attitude that you sort of need to have for this all the way up until it's actually signed on the dotted line and everything is done. Yeah, and, and I don't think there needs to be a sense of panic, but I do think there needs to be a sense of urgency. And we're talking about guys, Peck, Paint, Silt, some of the other guys, Sosa, they've talked about. These are foreign players. They need the foreign roster spot, which probably won't be a problem. But there's visas. There's the there's certificates. There's all kinds of paperwork that needs to be done. So you think you signed the guy on Thursday is going to be here Friday. No. Yeah. It could, could be a series of Fridays before they get here. And again, we're ticking toward that opening day. And I and and we're talking about wingers. These guys need to develop a chemistry with Dayan Jovalich, who we assume is going to be the, the lone striker. They need to develop this chemistry. Yamani needs to sort of figure out how he's going to play on the wing with the midfielder in front of him. There's a lot of things that need to be done. So not a panic, but a sense of urgency. And, and the other thing, when you talk about, uh, it, you know, what, what Will Kuntz is doing, is kind of like a quarterback going through his progressions. You know, oh, that receiver's covered. Where do I go next? Yep. I've been impressed with how Will has not panicked. I, a young guy in his first, you know, full he's, – he's the GM. He's not – LAFC did a great job, but he was working for John Thornton. Now he's the guy, and he needs to really make an impact this season. I think he feels the pressure. I think he knows there's pressure there, but he's not panicking, at least not outwardly. He seems to be very reserved, very confident in what's going on, and again, knowing that, hey, you don't want to come? Fine. We'll go sign this other guy. That's fine. Uh, Should we throw everybody into a mild panic now? Let's do that. Let's throw everybody. Okay. First of all, the breaking news is that Yamani and Pooj will be in uh, to uh, training starting tomorrow. Um, that's the uh, that's the word that we got. So uh, those two guys will be in. Pooj was doing his last recovery on all of his ankle stuff, which, by the way, we talked about on Thursday and said, should that worry you? And the answer is yes. But as soon as you can see him running around and doing normal things, it'll make you feel better, that type of thing. Uh, Miki Yamane, you talked about him needing to get in. He will be in, so he's supposed to be in uh, tomorrow, and so he'll start his training. I'm not overly concerned with with most of this stuff, especially being um, something to think about is most of the guys the Galaxy are going after are in-season guys, and so they will have conditioning on their side. It's just a matter of chemistry, and I think chemistry is easier whenever you don't have to worry about the conditioning part of it. It's like I just have to think about you know, what I do to sort of fit in here instead of having to also develop my fitness for, you know, no, games. What about some of the extreme, you're right, the fitness stuff, in, in a sense, they're going to get a, probably a little bit of a break and it might be good for them. But, you know, in the case of Yamani, I don't know how much time he spent in Southern California. He's got to find a place to live. Mm-hmm. He, you know, I don't know the the language. That is, it, you know, is his, is his English excellence. He's going to be... Maya says that he needs to work on his English, but that was okay. sort of the, the Maya Yoshida thing is Maya to sort of said, he's going to be fine because I'm going to be here. I got him. My, I'm going to help his family. I'm going to help him. We're going to get him settled. We're going to work on his English. We're going to get him in. He goes, and I'm really excited to like meet him and hang out with him and that type of thing because they've played on the national team together, but they have never been like uh, teammates in terms of like on a club team. And so he doesn't, he might have sort of indicated that he doesn't know him that well. Right. But, but I mean, that's huge for Maya to step up like that. And that shows why he's been a captain in the, on teams he's played on in the past, that he is taking that responsibility onto himself. I talk to players from other teams when they come over here, and most teams have a person in the front office that takes care of getting you a rent a car, finding you an apartment, finding schools for the kids. But, you know, that that's a procedure and you have to find a place to live a place to close you need to find how to get how do you get to the training facility um just think about when you go on vacation or take uh, take a job in another city if you've ever done that it's a difficult transition if you're worried about your kids getting to school hey my wife doesn't speak english how is she getting along at home when i'm not there right, yep um it, 
No, it doesn't keep you off the field, but it preoccupies you when you are on the field. And so the sooner they get through that stuff, and I'd like it, it, the better it's going to be. And I'd like to know, uh, Jalen Neal said he'll be ready for the opener. When does he start training, though? When can he he's start been, training? He, he's oh. been he's been training. He's been doing stuff. This is, you know, his groin thing apparently has happened recently in terms of, hey, I'm getting back and trying to do this. And it's about getting his body sort of ready for the, um, you know, for the season. So to me, I think Jalen said that and everybody expects like he's not. I think his whole thing was just reassuring everybody. It Don't worry, I'll be fine for the start of the season. I don't think he means he's just going to like just show up at the start of the season. I think he's actually going to be in in training. We'll ask for clarification from Greg on that. And this shows why he wasn't with the national team. I think yeah. you, I yeah. think he would have been a call up for Camp Cupcake, all MLS team. He's certainly one of the best defenders uh, in, in MLS, to, you know, to be on that U.S. national team and and to be in line to go to the Olympics, and I, I guess this shows why he wasn't called up for that. Yeah, and by the way, I think there's also a, a sort of hey, you get yourself right, get yourself ready for the season. That's the most important thing right now, and then we'll worry about the national team type thing, um, which is I, I think a fair thing to to sort of watch and and do. Um, by the way, five dollars super chat from uh, Lasso's Optimism Evening Gents. More than a wee bit worried about the uh, paint sill deal. Plan D. I mean. One is if you were ever going to have faith in an LA Galaxy front office to have plan D after plan A, B and C go wrong, this is the one. So I, I would think that perhaps, uh, you know, there's less panic than maybe in years past. Right. Whenever all of a sudden. Oh, did you see? Um, I was going to point this out, and make this one of those later things. But Douglas Costa um, almost going to Turkey was ready to go to Turkey. Everything was happening. He was ready to sign. It was just a second from happening, doing all these things. And then all of a sudden now. Complete 180 degrees. We talk about things following through, things not being right. Here you go. Fabrizio Romano reporting that Douglas Costa, former LA Galaxy designated player, will be going to Fluminense in Brazil. And of course, uh, we'll link back up with teammate uh, Lucas Caligari whenever he's back there as well. So um, also former LA Galaxy defender there. So that's that's one of those things. But we talk about things not being 100%. And if they're not like at the very last second, he he killed that deal. And now he's going in another direction. So one is read any report that you get with sort of a grain of salt, right? Because a lot of things I'll tell you, even from reporting on things, we're always doing things after they happen. Right, Kevin, we can't we can't report on things that haven't happened yet. We have to report on things that have already that have already happened. We're always late. We're always behind. We're always trying to play catch up. And unless you're in the room you know, live tweeting it, you can't stay right on the edge. So most of the stuff that you hear is probably a couple days old. Um, and so that's, at least. yeah, ex exactly. At least sometimes we hear it's nine months old, right? Like we had the, uh, the Elise, uh, rumors that were like nine months ago, apparently. So uh, who was that super chat from again? That was from Lasso's optimism. So because I think there is a good point. Is there a plan D C and D and, and what happened to paint? So, and in my mind, it starts me thinking, we know the PEC thing is done and it's paperwork and, and we're told that the galaxy feels very confident about paid. So, but they are exploring other options, you know, running into these roadblocks. It's only been a few, it's only been three or four players that we're really talking about the galaxy. I'm sure have talked to dozens, right? But you think the bloom is off the galaxy rose a little bit in that the years past, anyone coming to MLS wanted to come to the galaxy. If the galaxy contacted them, it didn't seem to be, at least we didn't hear about this long period of negotiation. that seemed to be, Hey, we called Ashley Cole. He'll be here tomorrow. Right. Um, now it seems like people are negotiating with the galaxy and not jumping at the galaxy. And some people are even saying no to the galaxy. That to me feels strange. It feels unusual. Yeah. But you're talking about a different caliber of player now, right? Whenever you go to Ashley Cole, who was absolutely one of the best defenders in, in the world at one point, but when he was, you know, in Turkey, 
Uh, he was no longer that person. No, he was at Roma. He was, oh, what, at Roma. was he at Roma? Was, That's right. He was, he was at Roma, right? But when he was at Roma at that point, you know, the, the everything had sort of come down, right? So you're talking about a different... You're looking at guys who... Sosa, Solari, who are up and coming slash close to their prime. You're looking at Paintsel, who is an in-prime player. These are different... Playing in Europe. Playing in Europe, right? You know, the whole deal. So to me, those are different calibers. You're asking people to do something different now, which is... Hey, listen, we know Europe is calling. We know, you know, England is calling the English Premier League and some of those lawyers. We think we're a better fit. And here's how you're doing something much more difficult than. And I'm not saying that getting Zlatan Ibrahimovic was easy. Right. I'm not saying any of that stuff was easy. getting David Beckham was a much different thing. Whenever you look at sort of where he was still at his in his career to come, you got him come over a little bit earlier, probably than you would have had for other. If you look at Messi coming in at his age. Right. So. There's the thing. I think what they're trying to do now is much more difficult to do because you're talking about people who are who are good players, who are tight, you know, some of the best players on their teams. And you're asking them to come to the L.A. Galaxy to be one of the best players in the league. You're asking a lot for a guy who might like paint cells, certainly. And let's talk about the, the rumors on paint. So basically, there was a report out that the coach, uh, you know, the coach after a game said, I don't worry about him so much. I got some positive text uh, text from him. And, you know, the deal to the LA Galaxy is dead right now. We can certainly I, I can tell you this. I reached out to people and, and there has not been a lot of response, which leads me actually to indicate that it might be true, right? That it's it, it's dead. And it's because you don't like to publicize failures or, or things that whenever they don't go your way or, you know, you're working on that next plan. But if you look at the timing of all of that with Will Kuntz saying we feel pretty good where we're at and then the reversal to me, there's there's some story missing still in this, right? There's still some some context to it. And so I'm still waiting to hear what that context is. Um, and I still wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if Paintsville all of a sudden we hear tomorrow that it's back on and that things are going. This is a difficult negotiation for the LA Galaxy with somebody uh, like him because there are other teams in Europe who want him. Um, and so you have to be you have to be on top of things in order to make that happen. Um, so I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if that one goes 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 sideways. Again, I feel like we're uh you know, the old galaxy were balancing a plate on a stick, right? And you're like, okay, man, look at them balancing that plate. And they're like, they're pretty good at balancing that plate. Good job. And now you have this galaxy team that's trying to balance more like four or five plates on a stick, right? So it, there's, it's a different level. Plus, there's 29 other teams in Major League Soccer, and there's a bazillion teams around the world. And if you're not trying to get guys who are, who are not unwanted by other teams, which is usually what MLS has done in the past, right, to go after young talent, trying to focus on these guys. These guys are very, very good players. This is harder. This is this is expert level moves, Kevin. This is no longer like, you know, some intermediate class. You are you are in 404 now, you know, maybe you graduate levels 505. So they open the season with it's presumably Peck at one wing. If they don't sign paint or plan CD and E. Fagundes is your other winger on opening day? Probably. I mean, if they don't, I would imagine they do. But if they don't, That's their yeah. fallback, yeah. which is not, I mean, I know he's a little up in age, but a guy with a lot of MLS experience, not going to make a lot of mistakes. He may not be the most um, dynamic winger in the league at this point, but he's not going to make mistakes. I think he's going to be a solid guy. It's not like uh, they have to panic and go out and get somebody. I right. think they do. I think they feel like if they don't land two guys before the start of the season, with all the work they put in, it's going to feel like a failure. But if if the backup plan is Fagundes in the opener, that's not bad. It's not bad. I, I think it's not where they want to be, right? That's And that's sort of the whole thing. And by the way, 
I, you know, as much as we would like to, and I know that everybody has set that up, I'll say the same thing that I said last year, sort of at this, the, the ultimate of, do you have your team together is more in the end of April than it is at the beginning of February, right? I'm not saying that you have to, you you know, it has to be perfect. You would like the best team that you could possibly get to be there whenever the season starts in February. We've told, we've said that everybody has agreed the galaxy front office is there. I just I just refuse to believe that there's no coming back in case you have a really good guy you want to wait for and you're going to get him in April. Um, You know, there's there's risks and uh, downsides to that. Um, But the Galaxy have been pretty adamant about wanting two designated players and and doing it now. Yeah. And and again, I'd go back to, you know, the games in February, March and April count just as much as the ones at the end of the season. Yeah. But but the other thing you have to think about with these guys is you are signing them presumably for multi-year to multi-year contracts. Mm-hmm. So if you miss three months of the guy, but you get him for two years, that's probably a pretty good sign or three years or, you know, however, you know, however it sort of comes out, by the way, uh, Sharon gave a $10 super chat, sending solidarity to uh, Kevin and all the LA times reporters. I'm a subscriber. The only crappy thing is that he's going to get none of that money. I, w- I won't give it. Yeah, to him. Not, no, not, no, not even a lot. I'm going to have to give some back. That's <laughs> you owe me for process. Yeah, that's, yeah right. that's how it goes. Uh, Adam, $2 super chat says, will Chris from Vingo be a depth piece? I would imagine he is, you know, I'm still wondering to me, I feel a little, overloaded at center back with Caceres and Mavinga if you're not starting you know Mavinga's a good backup but pricey at backup um Caceres sort of similar which is a, re- a really good defender but pricey sort of in that in that way so I wonder if one of those guys still gets moved before the end of this before everything sort of settles and then and then what you do is then you have three center well you know they're going to look at Jalen Neal and make sure that he's healthy before they do too much but if you have Mavinga and or Caceres and then you have Zavaleta as sort of the 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 you know the other backup very you know uh, I don't want to say cheap but very reasonably priced backup you can say I, I think cheap you probably do have, I think you do have to move one of your goalkeepers and you probably have to move one of your center backs you could once Jalen Neal proves that he's healthy you could you absolutely could. So um, so that's something certainly to to pay attention to. Let's throw everybody into a mild panic, though. Uh, well, thanks to some super sleuths over on the Discord and everything else, uh, we were able to ascertain that the LA Galaxy are on a registration ban by FIFA. Uh, this start of this registration ban was on 1-19, so January 19, 2024. Uh, they're so showing that the number of registration periods that they are banned from registering people is three. That would technically be three transfer windows that the LA Galaxy are uh, registered or, or basically have a ban of, of registering players. That means that you can't sign a player to your team and then put him on that team in order to register him, right? That's how this this works. So it's, it's you may, if this, let's, let's say a scenario is, a, there's a good chance you could probably do interleague stuff, right? Inside of MLS, because technically MLS owns the contracts of all the players. And so you don't need to register him with a new team. Um, so you could technically do that. Uh, you know, if, if you're trying to get international players, then basically they're saying on January 19th, as of January 19th, the LA galaxy are under a registration ban. Now I was, and I had assumed Kevin, this was, this was a mistake by FIFA this morning. Um, so I reached out to the LA galaxy, uh, and I reached out to some people who, who might know about this. Uh, and I was, uh, 
uh, at least one of my sources was able to confirm that the LA Galaxy are indeed on a registration ban. So <coughs> let's let everybody panic here for a second. Um, I will also say that this is not a mistake, right? So we can look at this. This is off of FIFA's website. You can actually search for uh, by region. You can say CONCACAF. You can look in there and you can find it. And it says the LA Galaxy uh, in Confederation CONCACAF, right? In the Association of the United States, ap applicable to the male side of things. Right. They started the registration ban as 119. Actually, it's 1901, 2024, because internationally uh, uh, laid out date time. Right. So day, month, year, which actually does make more sense. But in our crazy United States mind, um, we can't figure that out. So it's 119, January 19, 2024. Um, and it says that the L.A. Galaxy have been banned from registering players. And what did they do? What did they do to run afoul of the law? So here. Yeah. Oh, I do. Well, Let's put it this way. There was a training claim that was made, right? And training compensation claim. So basically, when anytime any player plays or trains in, in any team, based on the certain amount of time they've been there, if they get sold somewhere, then money comes back and goes back to that team that they trained with, right? Um, so if they trained with the LA Galaxy and they did some stuff, like if they're at the LA Galaxy Academy and then they went somewhere and then they went somewhere else, the Galaxy could put a claim in and say, hey, we you you owe us money, right? That type of thing. You owe us money for the training, right? There's a, there's a certain percentage that it can be claimed, I think, for training compensation. I don't remember what it is, um, but you get, to you get to do that. So somebody filed a claim against the LA Galaxy claiming that they did not pay them their training compensation. Um, now the, the details of this, as I am told are this, that the LA galaxy and that training claim was for $4,500, uh, 40, that's right. Not $45,000, not $4.5 million, but $4,500, right? Which is a lot of money depending on who it goes to. If it's, you know, some ASO soccer team, $4,500 is a lot of money. I don't think that's how low it goes here, but $4,500 is, is that, um, this is again, absolutely correct in what FIFA is showing. The only thing that I can add to this now that I've stirred the pot enough is that that claim has been resolved already. Um, I don't know by what method or what means. I don't know if the Galaxy just wrote a check for $4,500 because that's what I would do. But, you know, just whatever, go away, $4,500. So I imagine that this gets updated and cleared. But just to let you know, all this stuff is sort of out there and sort of uh, sticking around. So we, we don't believe it will impact the LA Galaxy at all. Um, so, so to go back to this, theoretically, okay, from yes, what we know, the yes. claim was on the 19th. So as of the 19th, yep. the Galaxy could not sign any players until this check clears. Well, I, we would imagine. we would, And then that FIFA then has that registered in their system and the whole deal. They could be, I mean, if we're really speculating, now this was not connected to the dots and any sources that I talked to, and it seems like this is a non-issue. It was sort of just a little blip. It came up and they paid, and I imagine they paid. Again, it was resolved. I don't know how it was resolved. I would imagine they paid. That's what I would do. But going back to the theoretical, so before the 19th, they signed Yamani. So he's he comes through because it's before the 19th. Peck hasn't been registered yet. It's after the 19th. Theoretically, possibly, it could have been. Uh, arguably, maybe that could have held Peck up. Yep. But right now, it's clear. And do we know if this registration claim goes back to all the way back to the no Chris Klein administration, no or is this? Okay. I didn't ask. I'm not that. I, one is I was like, there's no way this is true whenever I was asking, but I'm like, FIFA got stuff wrong. And then it was true. I was sort of like, oh man, I didn't know. But bottom line is I'm told that it's taken care of. Um, and that I would imagine that everything gets cleared up. Now, if it doesn't, we'll keep watching. But uh, trust me, everybody is now watching. You can, you can search this FIFA.com and then you can go type in like registration ban and eventually you'll get to the 
uh, to like the dashboard. And then if you go up and you can type in region, type in CONCACAF, so that way you can lower this way down because you don't want to go through all of the different things. Uh, so if you go to region there and then it will show LA Galaxy on there as, as that. Um, by the way, everybody's telling it that executive producer Herb got $4,500, I'm sure. So he could just pay that. The yeah. Galaxy just need to reach out to him. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's a, as a Lex goes, uh, we caught a ban for two months of rent, right? You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, not, not too thick. So, um, yes, this is, this is one of those things. Apparently it's been taken care of. I, I swear, Kevin, I swear on my life. I saw this this morning, in the discord and people were talking about it and I was like, and I was really busy today. So I didn't get a chance to even like, I'm like, you guys, no, there's no way this is true. Come on, this is FIFA and you can't trust anything they put on. It's probably a mistake. That was what I sort of said. And then doing some research would be, oh yeah, it is, but it's been taken care of. It's like, oh, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. It was true. So anyway, yeah. Speaking of FIFA, by the way, before we get away mm -hmm. from that, on February 4th, which is a Sunday, mm -hmm. FIFA will announce the uh, schedule for the 2026 World Cup. That's important because we will find out for the first time what games will be coming to SoFi? We know SoFi is going to get, get games. Apparently, Stan Kroenke has made up with FIFA. Okay. And okay. Uh, they will get games. Um, the final looks like it's going to Arlington. That seems to be pretty well set. Arlington, Texas, Jerry Jones Stadium, AT&T is going to get the final. Um, I'm understanding that uh, now SoFi has lowered its, its, its aspirations. They're really hoping to get the U.S. first uh, opening group play game. Well, I mean, that they would could, that would be huge, by the way. I mean, to, they to could, be able to they have could that. get a semifinal, although my understanding is that it, FIFA says the stadiums need to have, I believe it's 80,000 for semifinals and a final. Um, SoFi can't get that many people in. And, and the, for the Super Bowl, they had about 70,000, a little over 70,000. Right. This will be different because with a World Cup, a lot of the media sit in the stands. Mm -hmm. That's where the tribunes are. Simply because of an overflow of so many people, they can't fit them all in the press box. Most European stadiums don't have modern press boxes like we do. So that's going to cut into capacity even more. FIFA, uh, however, has uh, they set that rule, and then they then they also gave themselves the ability to override the rule. So it, they could get a semifinal. I know this FIFA loves the stadium and the idea of AT and T. It's in the middle of the country. You put a semifinal on the West Coast, a semifinal on the East Coast. Right. They meet in the middle for the final. So certainly Santa Clara, uh, SoFi, maybe maybe Seattle would be in line for semifinal. Could could come, but right now they're hoping for the U.S. group play opener. Do you want to talk about something that fans should be buying tickets to right now? Which would be the women's uh, the women's W Gold Cup? No, oh, oh no, the live show. <laughs> Come join Kevin and I. We are doing a live show, and this is your official announcement. Everything's been worked out. We believe hundred uh, percent, so we're good to go. Uh, live show at the Coachella Valley Invitational. Uh, Kevin and I will be there. This is on February 11th. Okay, February 11th. That's when the LA Galaxy take on Austin. I believe at 10 a.m. Right, and so basically. Yeah. Uh, right. What we're going to do is we're going to do a podcast after this game is over. All right. So figure, you know, 10 a.m. right around 12, 1230, you know, in that in that sort of range. As soon as you're done with the game, as soon as you're done seeing all the players and they get on the bus and they go away, uh, you're going to come over. And you're going to hang out with us. Now, I'm telling you, we have some special guests lined up. Um, I think that you can expect to get some uh, front office executives. I think that perhaps a head coach. Or two. Wait, the Galaxy only have one. So perhaps a head coach is certainly uh, something we're there. We're also going to try to get some players as well. And we'll work that out as best we can. Uh, maybe we can get Kevin Hartman to stop by, too, by the way. I just I just I know Kevin is is at least a, a little bit of a fan of the show. Uh, he likes us. So maybe he could come and talk to us as well. But we are going to do a live show. All right. 
and so we'll be there for as long as I think everybody can sort of handle us being there. Um, usually an hour long with that many guests would be difficult to keep it under an hour. So I imagine we'll do a little bit longer than that. But we'll tell you where it is whenever we know exactly. But I think it's in the fan zone experience that they're going to have. That's where we're going to be. Um, and if I remember from last year, that's sort of under a covered uh, tent area. Um, and we'll have our uh, COG uh, pop up there and we'll do a live show and then we'll stick around and say hi to everybody and all that fun stuff as well. We, we may have some players uh, come by. And by the way, uh, Tom Braun apparently may come by. I, I say Tom Braun because I'm I'm talking to him tomorrow morning. So if you have anything you want me to ask about this this show, like do you want to do you want the uh, Galaxy um, people to come by and pick you up at the hotel at a certain point? Right. Is there anything? You shrimp, want to order special for breakfast? Shrimp cocktails? Way, Do we there, get shrimp cocktails? You know, that, that is there thing. anything else going on? Any other sporting event on February nope. 11th that people may want to pay attention to? Nope. That's that's so far away, Kevin. Why do you why do you even bring that up? Don't remind people the Super Bowls that day. Like that's not important. Who cares? That's 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 you. You're going to a soccer game early in the morning. You're going to watch a podcast. You're going to go home and watch the game. It's that simple, right? That makes sense. Good. I'm glad. Um, so anyway, so that's on February 11th. Uh, so go get your tickets. You need tickets to get to the Coachella Valley Invitational. You want to get tickets that way. Then you can come to our live show and hang out with us. We'll the be, live show is a free bonus. Yes, the free bonus. We're included in your price of tickets. Do you think we can get a kickback? Do you think Coachella it's would like, want to? It's like, it's, like, it's like bobblehead day. You come pay for your ticket to the game and you get the bobblehead. We're the bobbleheads. Okay, good. Uh, it will not be live streamed. Very difficult to do from, uh, from all that. So we will record it and then put it out. But don't expect video on that. That's probably going to be an audio only uh, type of thing. So um, we are we are here. And by the way, feel the berm got it correct uh, when they say live pod is our Super Bowl. Kevin, see that we got we, you know, we're probably going to have uh, Tra Travis there. No, I was going to say Tra <laughs> Travis and Jason Kelsey will probably be hanging out with us. I'm sure they're probably not. Um, but, you know, you never know. I don't know who's going to be there, Kevin. You don't know who's going to be there, you know. So um, you rather have the Kelsey brothers or the Manning brothers. Uh, right now, the Kelsey brothers, they got some heat there. I mean, but Peyton and, and Eli are, are awesome dudes, too, so I enjoy I think the funniest SNL video short I ever saw was Peyton Manning when he was throwing footballs at kids, and I will so watch that. Yeah. I probably watch that once a month still to this day. You know, so. Um, so anyway, so that's the big news on that, so make sure you get your tickets and meet us out there, and we can't wait to see you. All right? All right, good. Uh, the other news that sort of got uh, released today by the LA Galaxy is LA Galaxy 2 coach officially announced. Uh, Matt Taylor as the head coach for LA Galaxy 2. Uh, Taylor joins uh, LA Galaxy 2 after a stint with Real Salt Lake as an assistant coach. Uh, Taylor, this is a 42-year-old coach. Uh, he has a, a ton of experience, whatever you talk about playing experience, and then now the coaching experience as well. Uh, he, Like as we said, uh, he was a... Uh, an assistant coach with Real Salt Lake, who's been really sort of leading a transformation there. Uh, he was also an assistant coach at his alma mater at UCLA for three seasons. Uh, he had a four-year career at UCLA from 2000, 2003. Uh, Taylor grew up in Irvine, California, so he's an Orange County boy, which means we got to get him on the podcast here quickly. Uh, he recorded 33 goals and 20 assists in 87 career games, played in 55 starts, and notably helped the Bruins win the 2002 NCAA championship. Uh, this is crazy. Actually, when you look at it, he was the fourth overall pick in the 2004 MLS super draft. He played four seasons in MLS with the Kansas city Wiz wizards, uh, Chivas USA, um, as well in there. He has, uh, four assists and 64. He has six goals and four assists and 64 career MLS regular season matches. 
Uh, he played for the Portland Timbers in the USL Pro. He played for Hollywood and United he, before playing abroad in Germany for clubs that I already attempted to talk about earlier, and I did not. So a I, lot of them. There was a a, them. there was a lot of things. That just, so an interesting. Here's the whole thing: is I don't know a lot about Matt Taylor, and obviously we'll get him on the show whenever we can. We can talk a little bit. Um, the the real thing that I think I want to understand is the philosophy be, behind Galaxy Two, and I, I, maybe he's not even the right. Maybe you have talked to Mike Munoz, right? And in, in terms of what, and and even Will Kuntz, what is the philosophy of Galaxy Two? It used to be put them in USL Championship, let them compete at the best, you know, sort of second division level, be competitive. As Dennis DeClosa used to say, you know, playing men's soccer in USL Championship, right? You have boys who are going to grow up and be men whenever they play in USL Championship in front of paying crowds, in front of paying crowds with like with real consequences and all sorts of things. So real stadiums, not like a backfield somewhere. Now you have them in this and MLS next pro and it's a reserve. It's a glorified reserve league, but MLS next pro is sort of, and by the way, third division, not second division. I'm not sure that matters all that much, but clearly there is a competition drop or competitive level drop between USL championship and MLS next pro, whether or not they can build that up to compete with USL championship, which by the way, is exactly what MLS owners are trying to do. Kevin, let's not be, let's not be coy about this. They didn't like that. USL championship was gaining so much power in how they were acquiring teams and and how teams were sort of coming in there that they were starting to amass so much power that you know at one point MLS sort of kept USL championship afloat um and now all of a sudden M the USL championship doesn't USL doesn't need uh major league soccer anymore and so now there's no power being held by the MLS owners anymore so what do they do they go start their own leagues that way they can have the power back and you see this year even an MLS next pro they're inviting teams that are not uh, directly related to teams at this point to major league soccer teams. So they're trying to expand that base and sort of make MLS next pro as a third division. I wouldn't be surprised that if this continues to grow and if they can raise the competition level that they don't apply for second division status here sooner rather than later. A lot of this thing with the MLS's jealousy and anger for USL championship, having built themselves itself into a legitimate league it's pretty interesting. I'm going out to, to Orange County Soccer Club's practice later this week, and I'm going to talk to Cameron Dunbar and Ethan Zubek. And if you remember, those guys used to play for the Galaxy. Now they're kind of it, – it, I think it's still filling this role as maybe an unaffiliated minor league. I mean, Cameron Dunbar and Ethan Zubek are guys that could play probably in MLS, not start. They could help teams off the bench. So they're going in this minor league to sort of prove themselves. And I thought it was interesting when Don Garber – I mean, I think MLX, MLS Next Pro now is not that, uh, you know, ready minor league. It's still – it's more of a developmental league. I think when they had USL championship teams, it was really a minor league. And one of the things Don Garber said when he talked about having MLS Next Pro teams in the U.S. Open Cup, he said, we're going to take these young players and they're going to get a chance to play against USL championship teams. Mm -hmm. Guess what, Don? They used to play against USL championship teams <laughs> until you killed the league. Yeah. So – I, I don't really get it. I think USL Championship still is the second tier league. I still think it has a a, a real role to play with MLS. And 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 again, being that sort of minor league guys like Ethan Zubek and Cameron Dunbar are there from when teams have injuries and need players. They're not going to go to USL Championship or MLS Next rather and get a player. They're going to go to the USL Championship and get a guy with some experience. So I think both both leagues have a role to play. But I I really do think that MLS Next is not the developmental league that USL championship is. Yeah. And I think players that are oh, like an Efrain Alvarez, when he was really killing it, he was doing it against men and right. we knew how good he was. If he's doing it against 
MLS Next Pro guys, you really don't have that sense. How is it? How is this going to translate to to MLS? Yeah, well, I mean, you, now you have Alex Acala who got so. I mean, listen, there's an LA Galaxy Academy and sort of developing players and and transferring those players and doing these things from academy to MLS Next Pro to anything else. You have to develop that market and sort of do that. And I think that's what you know MLS owners sort of wanted to take back, take their power back for, um, and that's why they sort of created this. But We'll see how that plays out. But I mean, you know, getting a new LA Galaxy 2 coach is really interesting. Um, you know, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll try to have Matt on and, and see how what his thoughts are behind everything. And uh, we'll we'll get that rolling. But that's that was sort of the big news right there. So, you know what it feels like to me? You know, Greg Vanny started as a academy director in Toronto before he became head coach. Um, he went to Toronto to, to run the academy, not necessarily to become the coach. And when he came back here, he was very involved in the academy uh, and the young players. This feels to me like, like Will Kuntz again saying, I'm going to take this off your plate, Greg. I want you concentrating on the first team. I don't want you over there watching all these academy practices. We'll get a guy in there to do that for you, okay? And you stay over here and do your thing. Well, I mean, according to Greg Vanny, he actually suggested that to to Dan Beckerman in the offseason, which was, I have too much stuff to pay attention to, and I feel like I don't get to like pay attention to the first team, and I need to have that back, so we need to find somebody who fills that GM role. Right. And, and here we go. Yeah, I know. And and while I think that's a very Pollyanna view of that whole thing, um, you know, it could be true. Absolutely could be true. Um, so I, I don't want to sit there and, and sort of go crazy on it. Um, Lex asks. But it's right. It's the correct view, I think. I mind. think so. Even Regardless of whether Greg Vanny wanted it or Will Koontz wanted it or Dan Beckerman yeah. wanted it, it was the, probably the correct way to go, right? Um, uh, Lex gave us a $5 super chat says any reason why for can't get minutes for a guy who is Neil's running mate with the U S youth national team. He should get a look before Mavinga and Zavaleta. I mean, there's usually a reason guys aren't getting minutes whenever you're, whenever you're talking. And it's usually not because a coach is like, Oh, it doesn't like them. Right. I mean, that's usually not the reason I would suggest that for has as good a shot of making and getting minutes as anybody on the team. By the way, I tend to believe in a maybe in a very optimistic view that if you're good enough, Kevin, they find ways to put you on the field, right? And so the bottom line is, uh, last time I think Greg talked about for Krannis was that he's like he has to develop that there's still some development that he needs to go through. And when you look at Jalen and what he's able to do, um, you know, against you know the big guys, maybe for Krannis doesn't practice well. I don't know if that's the case, but usually there's a reason behind all of this stuff, right? Remember whenever Augie Williams came up and got signed to the senior team, and everybody was like, "Oh man, that's really good," the whole deal, and then. Pretty soon after, like you weren't hearing his name that much and it wasn't happening. And we had heard and, and Vanny was basically, you know, coming out to say he he got signed and he acted like that was the end of it. Right. That was according to, to Greg. And obviously we could talk about talk with Augie about what he's trying, what he was trying to do. But that was the end of it. Right. He thought that was the that was the goal to get there. And it's like, that's not the goal. Right. The goal is to play at a high level. The goal isn't to get signed. The goal is to play at a high level. And so sometimes it takes an adjustment. And then pretty soon what you saw was Augustine Williams wasn't there anymore. I don't know if that's the case with Fercranis. I haven't heard that, but I would suggest that there are, there's usually reasons why people don't play. Well, you bring up a really good point is that we're not that we're not allowed to watch training, by the way, we, we can get the last 15 minutes when usually they're practicing penalty kicks. We don't see training. Greg's there for every training session. And so we don't know what happens in training. And that's why I sometimes hesitate to be too critical of a coach's decision about starters and stuff, because he sees them all day in training and those guys might have a little injury or whatever. In the case of for, for Kranitz, it's really a catch 22 with a lot of these young players, isn't it? Because until he plays and proves himself, 
he's always a little bit of a liability. You don't want to put him in for the last five minutes of a one-goal game because he could make a mistake, and that could cost you. And so until he gets those minutes, he's unproven. But he can't get those minutes until he proves himself, right? Yeah. And so, and so you take a guy who's 19, 20, 21, maybe like really close to being in there, but you can't get him on the field because you don't really trust him. And then all of a sudden he's 22 and 23, and now he's not a prospect anymore. It's really a tough situation Well, I would on a veteran team like this. I would suggest that for Krannis, we'll get a chance to have minutes in the preseason if he works hard enough to get them. Uh, Lex says, you know, give him minutes the same way we did Efra and Judd. I'll tell you right now, Efrain Alvarez in training earned the minutes that he got. Uh, you know, and then eventually it was like, there's just no more development to go anymore. Right. There was no more. We were waiting. We were waiting to see and we waited and saw and that was it. Right. Uh, Preston Judd, similar Judd earned those minutes. You talk to any of those guys uh, around the team, they would talk about what a competitor Preston Judd is, how he always how how he just flew around in training and all these other things. You you need to you need to yes you need to give these guys minutes. I think the preseason is that time. But if you're consistently not seeing somebody in there. Yes, it can absolutely be the matter of fact that maybe they don't fit in the style that the coach wants to play. That's always a possibility or there's another reason. And that's usually that's how that goes. Now, if you have a coaching change in a different system and all of a sudden now a guy gets minutes. Yeah, absolutely. That could happen, too. Um, I think I think for Kranis has a huge upside. I really like him as as Lex pointed out, there was he was very often paired with Jalen Neal, the U.S. youth national team setup. So clearly he has talent and I'm waiting for that to develop. If it's a little slower and last time we heard it was slower than what Jalen Neal was going through. If it's a little slower than Jalen Neal, that's okay. Each player develops in their own way at their own time. Um, well, and he has that chemistry with Jalen Neal, which is going to help him. But I'm not sure he's going to get a ton of minutes this preseason. Here's why. You got to find out if Caceres is healthy uh, after that injury he suffered. So he's going to get some minutes. Yoshida needs to build some sort of a chemistry with Yamani. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. Then you need to find out maybe where Mavinga is. And you need to showcase him if you want if that's the guy you want to trade. There may not be a ton of minutes. At, Except at that there are always a ton of minutes in preseason. That's they're going to play a scrimmage on January 27th against San Jose, in which I'm guessing they're going to play three halves. Right. So you need three separate teams for most of those in order for those guys to play. There's always minutes, whether they're in an official game or not. There's going to be minutes in the preseason, especially as we look at a team that is as short sighted right now as every single person who sort of talked about it was, you know, whether it was Mark Delgado um, was certainly talking about it. I remember him. He was saying, you know, hey, we're hopeful to get more guys in because we got a pretty short roster right now. Well, for Grannis is part of this roster, right? He's there. He's getting minutes right now as we speak. So. All of this stuff is there's always minutes in preseason, whether or not that's in front of you to see in an official game. That doesn't that doesn't matter. There are minutes. He will get some. Well, if I don't see it, it didn't happen. And yeah. by the way, explain three halves. Halves. Would I know. Be like, yeah. I know it's it's very confusing. I, I agree. Anytime they do it, but they do it every preseason. And usually the first game is that three halves where they play. You have three separate teams that play 45 minutes each. Right. That type of thing. Or they play 30 minutes each. Three halves. Right. Or they, again, you're right. Thirds. Three thirds, yeah, three right? <laughs> that type of thing. So um, certainly something to keep an eye on. And listen, there's always surprises in every preseason. And maybe for Krannis is going to be that guy, right? So again, just wait before we, we make a whole bunch of judgments. But if you consistently don't see somebody playing, 
usually it indicates that person's not very good, right? And but there is very much a backup quarterback culture in soccer and in the United States very well, which is, well, put the guy in off the bench. Well, there's a reason. Usually that guy is sitting on the bench. There's lots of stories about guys coming in and being heroes off the bench, right, Kevin? But more often than not, the guy who comes in off the bench isn't as good as the guy who got hurt. That's usually why that happens. When they play three halves, do they play stoppage time as well? Uh, I, I, no, no, no. They, they, they're just trying to get some. I, like I said, they're going to play against uh, against San Jose on January. And I would be surprised if they don't do three 30-minute periods. Is that better? Does that, is that yeah, better? Oh, much better. Okay, okay. That's, that, you went right to the thesaurus for that one. I did. I did indeed. Uh, I want to talk before we get out of here about the MLS referees authorizing a potential strike. Let me get through just one rumor, though, because it's one that sort of popped up and we're waiting on confirmation. But I want you to know about it. Uh, 32-year-old Vincent Abubakar um, is uh, a Cameroonian uh, currently playing uh, for Cameroon in uh, the African Cup of Nations tournament that's going on. Uh, I believe he's at uh, Besiktas right now uh, in Turkey. And so there is rumors that perhaps uh, he could possibly be a target for the LA Galaxy. Now, a little bit on the older side at 32, um, a guy who has a history of goals, scoring goals, um, and plays two positions. Uh, a striker position and a winger position. So a guy who's technically capable at both of those. And we were sort of waiting at one point to sort of find that dual striker guy, right? Um, we a guy, were told this was coming. Yeah. We were told that a guy like this was not, uh, that profile was out there for the galaxy. That, exactly. And so, so we were sort of waiting to see if that fell in. So this is possibly one. Um, but also we don't, uh, I've asked for, uh, for comment and clarification, haven't heard anything on it yet. So this at 32, this also could be, uh, a, a player that is technically too old for what Will Koontz wants to do. But if you're looking at somebody who's maybe a max Tam guy instead of a full designated player, that makes more sense to me at 32 than something else. Right. Uh, Will sort of talked and I think about is that if you're going to get somebody who's older, they're not going to be your designated player. They're going to be one of the guys, but um, just take a look. That's just one I wanted to talk about out there. We've already talked about pencil and sort of what the rumor is there. And I'm waiting for clarification on that as well. So hopefully we'll have more information by Thursday show of what's going on. And, and I, I think my understanding is this is not, this guy is not plan C, D, or E. This guy is in addition to those other things. This is an additional player. He has that dual position uh, profile, would be a guy that probably, I would think, would go, come into camp as Jovo, as Jovalich is back up and a guy that has a little bit of, of versatility and can do some other things as well. That would be the profile I would see, right? So like Max Tam come in as sort of, I can play winger, I can play center forward, I can play striker, I can back up, I can I can pair with, right? The whole deal. So um, certainly an interesting player. Uh, and so one to sort of watch. Let's see if that has any legs. I don't have a read on it yet. And I'm sort of waiting for a read on all that as we go along. In fact, uh, let's see, hold on. I just want to make sure I didn't get any text messages while before I, uh, before I pay any attention from anything. Uh, okay, good. No, nothing important. You're, you're the, the Basikas general manager generally sends you text messages during the show. Yes, normally. So I was waiting for okay. that. For that. How, do you, how, you how, get how, it in the original Turkish or do you and have to then, you know, in your mind, it's, it's what it's WhatsApp and I think you can hit a translate button okay. on that one. So not a problem. Um, so anyway, so that's, that's that. Now let's talk about this. This could have a big, uh, sort of, uh, hit on the MLS season, especially as it starts, but MLS referees authorized a potential strike. Um, they also filed a labor complaint. Uh, basically, as a work stoppage is is just around the corner, and Pablo Mauro over at the Athletic and Tom Bogert over at the Athletic were sort of combining on this one. Uh, the Professional Soccer Referees Organization, or excuse me, Association, uh, the PSRA. Uh, that's the labor union that represents the professional referees in 
Pro, right? P-R-S-A is the Association for the Professional Referees Organization. All right. Uh, they've authorized a strike. And listen, that's not surprising because basically their contract ran out in January and they're like, OK, now let's go ahead and get a new contract. And so far, uh, the two sides aren't close. Uh, pa- uh, Pablo, uh, who I love, by the way, Pablo uh, said basically there's a 99 percent chance of a work stoppage at this point. Um, now, it was funny because I said I know how people are and I would suggest don't be lazy with this. All right, because you're going to make this joke and everybody does. Oh, well, uh, you know, they can't be replacement referees can't possibly be any worse than pro referees. Um, If you didn't live through this in 2014, which there was also a work stoppage and they had replacement referees and all that sort of stuff, then then you don't remember how bad it can be. If you don't regularly watch lower division games uh, for whether USL or MLS Next Pro or anything else on there, and you don't see the caliber and quality referee ad that it drops, I will tell you this right now, and I believe this wholeheartedly. As far as it goes in the United States, Kevin, uh, Pro, the professional referees organization that supplies the, uh, the upper level referees for Major League Soccer games, they are the best in this country. Um, and you do not want to drop and go away from this. It will be a bad deal for you. Uh, I remember the replacement referees in the preseason and everything. And I think it was even for a little bit of that 2014 season where there were replacement referees. It was not good. And it was way worse than you all want to make jokes about. So seeing this set up and what is going to happen is a really big deal. Now, there's a National Labor uh, Relations Board complaint as well. Basically, it has to do with um, people from pro individually uh, contacting uh, people from the the referees uh, uh, union um, and going to individual referees and asking them, hey, what what are what are things that we could do? It's, you know. You could paint it in a really negative light, which is they're putting individual pressure on a unionized employee, right? To sort of say, what do we need to do to get this? Or you could sort of say, hey, we're trying to make things better. What What would it actually do? Either way, it could be a National Labor Relations Board issue. And if that draws things out, that could mean even further delay from actually getting this. Uh, last time, the MLS owners locked the referees out whenever it got too close and basically said, hey, we're not going to If you guys aren't going to negotiate, we're locking you out. We're going to get replacements. Um, I think the big deal here, Kevin, is certainly <coughs> and Pablo points this out, is that the big game that is going to be played um, at the very beginning of the season is on that February 21st, whenever it's going to be Real Salt Lake and um, Inter-Miami, and then it goes for Inter-Miami and the LA Galaxy. These are two internationally charged games that basically at the beginning of the season, you may have to entrust to to replacement referees. Well, um, and you talked about 2014. I was looking at a, a story here from 2014 that said when that work stoppage happened and they used scab referees, that the error rate of key decisions, which they identify as red cards, penalty calls, key offside decisions, in those matches, the the false, uh, the, the 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 bad calls, the number of bad calls skyrocketed. And you're right, that you know the world is going to be watching Messi and Suarez in that first game, and in the the Sunday game against the Galaxy, people are going to be tuning in from everywhere, and they're going to say, this is MLS's chance to show the world how good it's become. And if the referees are bad, it's going to be a travesty. And so you say, well, where are they going to get referees? Let's look at what Pro has done in the last year, two years. First of all, this year, a number of American referees uh, sanctioned, or not sanctioned, but but approved, uh, welcomed into FIFA. They became FIFA referees, which is the highest level you can get. Normally, in, mo- in most uh, cycles, it's one two Americans every three or four years. This year, there was a record number of American referees that became FIFA referees. The last two World Cups, the Men's World Cup in 2022 in in Qatar, the Women's World Cup in 2023, the final in Australia. Tori Pencil was the center referee of the Women's World Cup. We had two 
U.S. referees do the Men's World Cup final. American referees right now are better than they have ever been. The pool of talent is deeper. All of those people are signed. You're not going to find some referee that uh, somewhere that deserves to be an MLS referee and isn't to come referee this messy game. Um, this is a dire situation. American referees right now are the best they've ever been. They're more recognized globally than they've ever been. The league has a lot of attention on it with Messi and Suarez. This is a bad time to be, uh, you know, penny penny wise and dollar foolish and sort of decide that you're not going to do this. Uh, sign the referees. Yeah, Patrick, by the way, says they'll get good refs for the LA Galaxy Miami game. There's the, the best refs. The bottom line is the best refs you're not going to have. Right. That's that's the bottom line. They do very much get. Pro Listen, pro is is recycles and gets people in and gives people chances. And does a, the, the cream usually rises to the top of Major League Soccer. You usually know who the best referees are. All of those things go up and you can see that the bottom line is if you are a high level referee, there's a good chance that if you're just breaking in. Right. That you could be on the outside of the union and could possibly be one of those guys. And maybe I think in the last time they did replacement referees, they actually found a couple guys who they ended up bringing up to pro because they found out that they were so good at, at what they did. Um, but the vast majority of these people are people who are not at this level. They're not used to it. They're not used to the speed, the physicality or anything else. And that suffers. So, well, and another thing is when 2014 and just before 2014, I think 2014 might have been a turning point. Referees were like NFL referees where they had full-time jobs they did elsewhere. They they refereed part-time on the weekends. Now just about all of the top pro referees are full-time referees. They don't do anything else. When they're not at a game or flying to a game, they're studying the rule book. They're looking at video. They're training, physically training to be in condition. These are these guys are just as these men and women are just as elite as the athletes are what they do. This is a whole different ball. A, a ball game now and and the you know these guys fought their way to the top they deserve to right. be paid for being at the top um and you know this is a dangerous situation i think for mls if they didn't have messi and suarez maybe they had a little room to play but th they're on apple tv apple tv talks about look we have distribution all over the world people yep. will be watching those first couple of games it could be a travesty it Any really could anyway pay attention to that that's going to be something that continues to sort of circle around everything by the way uh, if there's a lockout, you could see even at the the Coachella games where you have replacement referees. So you will get a view of what that looks like even before this goes. And what do the players do? They have a union, too. Yep. And unions aren't supposed to cross union picket lines. Um, would they do that? Would the referees pick it? Would they ask the players not to play? I know. Uh, could, it could get interesting. It, 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 oh, man. Don't even. What about union sports writers? Can they come and do a pod? No, they're not allowed. They're not allowed. <laughs> By the way, if you know, like, let's just, you know, worst case scenario, right? Like, I, you don't have to be on the LA, have to be with the LA Times to come on this show, right? You don't get paid no, don't. anything here. So that's the bad part of this. I, I don't. I, that explains oh, why I don't see those paychecks. That is, that is absolutely. I was going to ask you about that. I hadn't seen any paid for a while. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, Gary gave us a $5 super chat. Amazing show, gentlemen. Thank you very much. A $2 super, super chat from Juan. Juan, I don't know what you're trying to say, and I'm not going to say it just in case I don't understand it so if you want to provide clarification for what you're trying to say let me know but two dollars super chat um in there as well is there anything else that you want to um want to go are we are we good no i came on not wanting to talk about anything so okay uh, i succeeded yeah the uh it's 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 a very interesting um sort of situation with all these rumors in there again with paint sold there is certainly enough reporting out there to suggest the deal could be dead 
Um, but I'm also, again, to, to sort of go back where I'm starting, I'm not saying paranoid, but anything that can go wrong will go wrong is definitely sort of a mantra within, I would say, the front office, right? Which is we're going to make sure everything's nailed down until it's absolutely 100 percent green light. Um, and then we're going to we're going to make that happen. And so um, that's I, I would say just have a little patience on the paint still rumor until we can sort of weed through some of this well, stuff. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about next week because while the MLS transfer window is open for quite some time, the most major leagues in the world, the European leagues, certainly the transfer window closes in a week. And so, and that's the, the only thing that remember, it doesn't matter for bringing players in, but the bottom line is you usually don't get rid of somebody, Kevin, unless you can bring somebody else in. And so then they don't want to make any more moves, right? That's, that's the idea. And, and why would a team in Europe um, sign that contract until they had to, they've got another week. Yep. Yep. You know, maybe something happens. Maybe a player gets injured and they can't uh, let that player go. Yep, absolutely. It's there. So uh, that's where we got um, the uh, the L.A. Galaxy getting ready for their first preseason game and that game coming up against San Jose. That will be a closed door scrimmage um, at Dignity. Three Hall, halves. Three, three periods. We're going with three periods. That's where just like three hockey. Periods. Um, and so, uh, that'll be going. And then February 3rd, St. Louis, uh, versus the LA galaxy at dignity health sports park that, uh, that game 1 PM on February 3rd. Uh, and then Wednesday, uh, it's Charlotte, um, at Coachella, uh, the Coachella Valley invitational then Sunday, February 11th. Why do I remind you about that? Oh, just cause we're doing a live show on February 11th after the LA galaxy face off against Austin, 10 AM game time. Uh, we'll do a podcast after that and we're expecting some good guests on that. So again, get your tickets, meet us out there. We can't wait to see you. I'll be, I'll be around to take pictures with you. Kevin, uh, he doesn't like taking pictures or shaking you, hands. You don't want to so. get a picture with me. Trust me. Yeah. It's, we'll bring a little box for Kevin to stand on. So that way, uh, he can, uh, he, you can act tall and all that. I like how you put your camera like really low. So that way it looks like you're taller than me. That's, that was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Just checking. Um, am I? I don't think I am. No, you're not taller than me. No, no, no. I'm taller than Eric though. Mm. definitely than alex uh yeah we're all taller than alex yes correct that is (laughs) that is the only thing i can sort of say i saw all right uh i got jams is it 30 30 30 or 20 20 20 uh yeah okay it's whatever it's whatever like whenever we talk about periods and what they play it's whatever the coaches decide on beforehand usually 30 30 30 is is a pretty good shot at what game fitness will start to look like 30 then 45 and then 60 and then 90 right that's usually progression sometimes it goes um 60 and then 75 and then 90 in that so that's where we're at all right uh, I think that about does it for us. So uh, let's get out of here. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, on X, at KBaxter11, head on over to the LA Times. If well, you, now. For now, if you like <laughs> Kevin, all right? And uh, a lot of, he does a lot of good work there uh, with uh, with stuff. So please uh, go support him any way you can. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you know, uh, check us out on cornerofthegalaxy.com. If you're looking for me on Twitter and X, it's at jgesman at galaxypodcast, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Uh, Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. Basically, you can find our podcast anywhere um, that uh, you find podcasts, right? And if you find a place where we're not, let me know and I'll put it there too. Uh, I think that about does it for Mr. Kevin, the Panda Baxter. I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, 
And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.